Hello, my friends. It's election day. I've got some thoughts about who might win, who's going to win, and what difference it'll make. And I'll, I'll tell you that the five parties that are, quote, the official parties, there's really no difference amongst them on the key issues of our day. The only party that's really dissenting wasn't allowed in the leaders' debates and wasn't even on most TV, you know, clips and, you know, was called other by the pollsters. Just like they tried to keep us out of the debates, too. I'll do a recap of where our reporters were over the last month, and I'll invite you to watch our live show tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll be on TV for about five hours straight going through the results of the night. Anyways, that's what today's show is about. Let me in close by inviting you to watch us on election night from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time. Until then, here's today's podcast. Tonight, it's the election. It's September 20th, and you're watching The Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon oh, consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. It's the election already. What a terrible campaign it was. A completely unnecessary election. Um, Trudeau thought it would be to his advantage to move quickly. I thought it was a little bit whiny of the opposition parties to complain about that at such length, but I, I think that actually resonated a little bit with voters, so perhaps I was wrong and they were right to complain. I don't think it ever looks strong to complain about an election. The idea being we always want to hold the government to account, but I think people said, if you, I think it was part of the hypocrisy of the pandemic. Everyone's in a lockdown, but politicians who are going to the polls two years early think the lockdown doesn't apply to them. I think the most acute example of that was when Justin Trudeau took his campaign right into the heart of a hospital itself. You can see the pictures that he tweeted about it. Now, you and I can't go into that hospital even if we have friends or family in the hospital. I know, I went to a hospital once during COVID. They won't let you in. But Trudeau gets the rules suspended for him and worse, the entire press cohort that traveled with them and none of them thought it was a problem because all of them know the rules are for the little people. So if you can go into a hospital for your political advantage, the whole thing is about who the rulers are and who the ruled are. By the way, it wasn't just Justin Trudeau. Uh, over the past few days, uh, Aaron O'Toole, the leader of the Conservative Party, has tweeted all these pictures of him and his personal family, his wife and kids, wearing masks. Now, they're all together. They live in the same home. O'Toole himself got COVID and recovered from it naturally, so he's natural Im immunity. Plus, he's had two shots. Why are they wearing masks when they live together? Surely they don't wear those masks in the house. And again, it's that they're showing what they want you to consume. We all know that they don't live that way. We all know they don't need the mask. So in a way that's similar to Trudeau flouting the rules or using the rules just as a prop. I'm not saying that O'Toole himself went into a hospital also, but they're using the rules as a prop, as a device, as a distraction. No one actually believes in the rules. Now, Rebel News covered the heck out of this campaign. We were all across the country, as far north as the Yukon. 
where our reporter Mocha went to the UCAN to talk about a Conservative Party candidate who was fired on the eve of the election because he was worried about a two-tiered society with people who were forced to get vaccines. By the way, this Conservative candidate who was fired came within 153 votes of winning last time. Imagine throwing him out because he wasn't enough of a cheerleader for forced vaccines. Here's a quick clip of Mocha in the far north. Aaron O'Toole's Conservative Party terminated a candidate who had high chances of winning in his riding. Uh, some public comments I've made on... Uh, Jonas J. Smith is now running as an independent for the riding of the Yukon after he dared to share his opinion on vaccine mandates. I went to Whitehorse, Yukon, to ask him what happened. Well, long story short, I got a, a message from a, a senior member of the Conservative Party Central campaign team uh, looking to speak with me. Uh, we had a phone call, exchanged some pleasantries, talked about the campaign a little bit, and the conversation quickly turned to uh, some public comments I've made on uh, government COVID response. Well, that's the furthest north our campaign went. Of course, we were all over the country too. Here's Drea trying to put a question to Justin Trudeau and Trudeau's personal security. They were fine with people taking selfies with him, but when Drea asked a tough question, they grabbed her like a rag doll and threw her away. Take a look. You talked about Canada's last wrongs, the past things they haven't done right. When will you speak out about the 20 vandalized churches? They're burning churches and vandalizing them and you're not calling it a hate crime. Politicians don't seem to like questions, do they? Politicians of all stripes. Here's Tamara Ugolini in her hometown of Coburg, Ontario, going to a restaurant she used to work at trying to put a simple question I really enjoyed this back and forth I won't show you the whole thing but this is a moment of Tamara doing great journalism in Ontario Trudeau how long for vaccine passports No media questions at all. No media questions. We waited, gee, I don't know, at least two hours and will not answer any questions by the media. Just loves his cheerleaders. We were in other places too. We were in Winnipeg. We were in Saskatchewan. Of course, we were all over Quebec. One of my favorite moments was just this weekend where Alexa Lavoie, one of the newest rebels, tracked down the man running against Maxime Bernier, the conservative MP, who was hanging out at a golf and country club just by himself, hiding, I think. Alexa found him in there. First thing he said was, I don't give you permission to film me. But the second thing he said is he refuses to be in the same room as someone who's not vaccinated. In this case, he meant Bernier, but really, isn't he talking about you too? Here's a quick clip of that. Bonjour, Monsieur Lehoux. Uh, Excusez-moi de vous déranger. En fait, j'ai une question pour, uh, pour vous. Je me demandais uh, aujourd'hui, je voulais savoir pourquoi vous avez uh, refusé de débattre avec Monsieur Bernier. J'ai refusé. Uh, ben, J'étais présent. Au débat? Oui, je sais. Non, mais vous avez, vous avez refusé d'être soit dans la même salle. Oui. 
Mais pourquoi? Pourquoi? C'est assez simple. Moi, je, depuis euh, facilement là, plus d'un mois et demi, je me promène partout sur le territoire. Je suis même allé visiter plusieurs personnes dans des résidences de personnes âgées. Alors moi, je suis doublement vacciné. Les gens autour de moi le sont. C'est sûr que je peux rencontrer des gens qui ne le sont pas. Mais je respecte les mesures. Euh, je n'ai aucunement refusé, en fait, compte de le voyer. Je ne sais pas ce que tu filmes, là, mais... Euh... Mais je voulais savoir, euh, en fait, euh, est-ce que vous pensez que euh, les non-vaccinés devraient pas prendre part à la démocratie puisqu'il ne faudrait pas que débattre avec les gens qui sont euh, non vaccinés. Non, je n'ai pas, pas débattu. J'ai débattu avec. On l'a fait. Là. Puis on l'a fait encore ce midi. J'étais à la Chambre de commerce euh, de façon euh, virtuelle avec la Chambre de commerce de Saint-Georges. On a débattu euh, pendant une heure et demie ce midi de, midi à, de 11h30 à midi à une heure. Est-ce que vous trouvez ça anormal de ne pas débattre dans la même salle? Mais quand je regarde, madame, je ne veux pas qu'on ne s'obstinera pas longtemps là-dessus. Là. Je, je respecte les, les choix des gens. Moi, j'incite les gens à se vacciner, mais ceux qui ne le sont pas, pourquoi que je, me, je me pousserais à me coller après eux? Speaking of Alexis, she did a great job in the leaders' debates. As you know, for the second election in a row, Trudeau's hand-picked debates commission kicked out Rebel News. Now, when they did it in 2019, I thought it was a miracle that the federal court gave us a court order letting us back in. Trudeau's debates commission had two years to prepare to keep us out again. They hired a massive law firm, Borden, Ladner and Gervais, extremely expensive. I estimate they spent about a million and a half bucks designing a system to keep us out. <clears throat> Their rejection letters were incredibly long and detailed. They did a ton of research on Rebel News. They thought it was bulletproof. When we sued them this year, I think you uh, might have re recalled me saying, they had seven lawyers in court. Four lawyers and an articling student for the Debates Commission and two more lawyers for Justice Canada. We had one lawyer, Chad Williamson, a bit of a cowboy from Calgary, and the federal court sided with us again, ordering the Debates Commission to allow 11 of our journalists in, one in person and 10 on a special phone line. We managed to get more questions asked than any other media outlet. Here's a chart written by some stalkers of ours at Canada Land. They're obsessed with us, this one guy, Jonathan Goldsby. But I like the fact that his obsession, in this case, documents just how active we were. This chart shows that Rebel News asked more questions than any other media outlet. Now, that just goes to our ability to ask, but what did we ask? Well, we asked thoughtful questions about the vaccine, about natural immunity, about studies out of Israel, real questions. They were not answered, though, and in fact, several of the politicians just simply refused to talk to us. So we asked about that, too. I want to show you what I regard as the best question asked in the entire series of debates. There's two debates. It was by Alexa Lavoie. And we're going to show it to you as she asked it in French with our English translation. I'm going to play the whole thing, including Trudeau's answer and including Alexa's little rebuttal to that. Here, take a look. Bonjour, Monsieur Trudeau, Alexa, pour uh, Rebel News. Donc, Monsieur Trudeau, je vais revenir rapidement sur ce qui s'est passé hier. Vous avez dé diabolisé l'un des rares médias qui ne reçoit pas d'argent du gouvernement. Vous avez exprimé votre opinion en disant que nous propageons la désinformation. Si c'était vrai et si c'était le cas, la Cour, suprême, la Cour fédérale ne nous aurait pas permis d'être ici aujourd'hui. Je suis moi-même scientifique et je me base sur les faits. Ma question est la suivante. L'Israël est l'un des pays les plus vaccinés au monde. Ils sont rendus maintenant à leur quatrième rappel de vaccins. Ils ne considèrent plus que ceux qui ont reçu deux doses de vaccins sont pleinement vaccinés. Ma question est... 
plusieurs Québé euh, Canadiens ne désirent pas avoir une, un rappel de, de vaccin. Allez-vous leur enlever leurs privilèges reliés au passeport vaccinal? Et aurez-vous l'obligeance de répondre à ma question en tant que premier ministre ou allez-vous encore diaboliser mon média? J'ai partagé ma perspective sur ton organisation euh, hier soir. J'ai plus rien à dire. Ça demande bien qui vous êtes. Merci. Alexis' question était excellente. C'est la question de l'heure qui est being discussed en Israël, dans le Centre pour la Disease Control, à la FDA. Does natural immunity work? Should it be counted in these vaccine passports, given that it's more effective, according to certain studies, than the vaccines themselves? It's a genuine question that millions of Canadians are very curious about. Everyone who has had COVID and recovered from it, if that recovery, their natural immunity, is stronger than the vaccine, Wouldn't that be great to know? And shouldn't that count against the vaccine passport? Instead, Trudeau refused to answer. That was a bit of a theme. The bloc leader refused to answer. Jagmeet Singh refused to answer. Aaron O'Toole answered a different question, not one that we asked. And actually, Annamie Paul of the Fringe Green Party answered David Menzies fairly well. But I want to show you when uh, Jagmeet Singh did not answer our question twice in a row, I want to show you Catherine Krozanowski and Sheila Gunry, two of our journalists that asked back-to-back -back questions. Take a look at these. Here's Catherine. The question is from Rebel News. Good evening. Um, before you tell me that you're not going to answer my question, I just want to say that I'm not here representing myself or my company. I'm here representing millions of Canadians who have real questions for you, like the one my colleague Alexa just asked. People who you would marginalize. Is your message to them that they are second-class citizens? Not at all, sorry. You're saying the polls show that your party is between 15 and 20%. No party here on the stage tonight is even close to representing a majority of Canadians. This is an absolute divided country. Yet when conservative journalists like me ask you fair questions on behalf of Canadians, you insult us and refuse to answer a single word. You are like a child putting your hands over your ears. Do you really think you can become prime minister by trying to freeze out any Canadian who disagrees with you? In your own riding, you only got 38% of the vote. Is this how you treat the other 62% of people who disagree with you? No, thanks so much. So this was an insider's club. Remember, this is twice now they tried to ban us. They sent seven lawyers to keep us out. The federal court let us in. And even when we're in, they didn't want to talk to us Even though our question was very substantive about the vaccine, a question no one else in the bailout media would ask, they simply refused it. I have no idea what beef anyone could have with Alexa or Catherine. They're fairly new reporters. They haven't done anything possibly wrong. And the thing is, part of your job as a government official is to answer questions, even if you don't particularly like the journalist who's putting the questions. If it's a question in the public interest on a matter of public policy at a government-run debate, which is absurd in itself, answer it. But these cowards wouldn't. They wanted to keep us out. And I want to say, It is not just the coward Trudeau and the coward Jack Mead Singh and the cowardly leader of the bloc. The Aaron O'Toole campaign all the way down kept our reporters out too. Uh, you saw that one uh, conservative candidate in Bose uh, demand that Alexa not film anything. Here's Alexa trying to talk to Aaron O'Toole and a senior O'Toole staffer named Corey Hahn giving her the bums rush for no reason at all. Take a look. 
So we're gonna go. Are you gonna come with me, or do I have to cut, get someone to help us out? I'm not like a criminal. I'm, I'm not, not no like a person who might disrupt. You disrupt your own no event. You came you here to to, to disturb me. I will stay here. I, I'm welcome. actually we stay you here. You're welcome to the sidewalk. You're welcome to the sidewalk. Yeah, but I want you to say is, that is not true no, what you're saying. No. We are not disrupting we're, we're any event. Here. We're outside here. Corey Hahn and Aaron O'Toole are a disgrace, and they tried that again with David Menz. He's just yesterday literally telling David to stand on a busy street because asking questions is disruptive. Look at this cowardice. You disrupt our events. So like, I'm not going to, we're not going to do this. Give me a definition of disruption. What you're doing right now. So I'm well, asking. I, I want to ask questions of I'm Aaron O'Toole. Okay. You just, your outlet and you also continually disrupt our events. So I'm asking you to leave. Isn't that my outlet? 13 months ago, Aaron O'Toole had nothing but time for us. I'm ask you to no, 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 wait a minute. Excuse no, no, no. me. What changed? What changed? No, I'm not debating. I'm asking a question. What changed with Aaron O'Toole? Sidewalk over there. Does Aaron O'Toole regret moving the party further left, stiffing Rebel News, stiffing Jordan no, Peterson? Does ask, he, Corey? We're going to ask that you leave. Okay. You disrupt the events. So you're welcome to the sidewalk across the street. I've just been standing here. I've just been standing here. How is that disruptive? We have an event to start uh, and I'm asking you to leave. And Aaron O'Toole is too cowardly to come out of a bus. I'm happy to walk with you. This man wants to be prime minister. Yeah, on Monday he will be, so I'm asking you to leave. Oh really? Okay then, then there should be nothing uh, of concern then. This, This is not, this is, public property, the berm. If you have the, the blueprint to show me. This, Do you have the blueprint? This, this is what we've been told is the property to the curb. To so, the oh, who told you that, Corey? We have the we have the, the, the event manager. They okay. have, they own this the public property, correct? Uh, certainly the road is. I, okay. I'm pulled to the curb and I'd be careful there. Do you see a theme here? David, Sheila, Catherine, Alexa, there's nothing wrong with these people. There's nothing wrong with their questions. The political class, the insiders club, didn't want to let them in at all, and they didn't want to answer them at all. And, and I think it's a premonition of how you will be treated if you're not part of this insiders club. By the way, they kept Maxime Bernier out. I wish he would have gone to court to sue to get in. I mean, my God, if Annamie Paul of the Green Party, which is at, what, 2% and the polls can get in, why not Maxime Bernier, who polled as high as 12% during this campaign? I think perhaps the worst part of the campaign, not surprisingly, was from our authoritarian, Castro-loving, Chinese Communist Party-loving Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, who on so many occasions demonized people who for medical reasons or reasons of conscience are just they're already immune naturally, don't want the vaccine. Listen to this thug. This is just the other day talking about how the vaccine passport is your reward for complying with the government as if you don't have rights anymore and it's only what the government happens to throw your way. And a bizarre implication that his vaccine won't protect him. You need to take your vaccine for his vaccine to work. There's no science here. There's just an authoritarian dividing us and setting up a kind of medical apartheid. Look at this. We're paying for the provincial vaccine passports to make sure that when someone comes into a restaurant, they'll know they won't be sitting beside a table of people who are unvaccinated. When you go into a gym, when you go to a movie theater, you need to know that if you've done the right things, you get to be safe. You get to be rewarded for having done the right things. That's what it's all about. And those people who still 
hesitate, who still resist, well, they won't get to enjoy the same things that those who've done their part for others. It seems like a very logical thing. It seems like a very obvious thing. That's atrocious, and it is, and it should be, the leading issue in this debate, except for it was not the leading issue in the debates because all of the five parties agree on it. There was this really weird video taken before the English language debate where all five of the official party leaders stood with some distance between them that they normally don't do. And they all read from literally the same ad script saying, get vaccinated. I'm not against people choosing to get vaccinated, but that's not the issue. The issue is, are you forced to get vaccinated? Even if you have a medical or a conscience objection, all five of them were in total unanimity. Remember this? We're all in this together. We've come so far in the fight against COVID, it's time to finish this pandemic for good. So get vaccinated. If you know someone who hasn't, talk to them. For our kids, for our communities, for our economy. It's how we get forward together. Vaccines are safe and effective for use. Vaccines are the best way for you to protect yourself, your family, and your community. So get vaccinated. Let's fight COVID-19 together. Pour vous protéger vous-même, pour protéger les plus fragiles d'entre nous, pour protéger l'ensemble de la population, le meilleur moyen connu demeure le vaccin. S'il vous plaît, soyez responsable, soyez solidaire, faites-vous vacciner. Merci. We all agree getting vaccinated is the way forward. We're all in agreement this is not a partisan issue, so please get vaccinated. We're united and it's time to get the shot. Vaccines save lives, they're how we're going to beat COVID, and it's time for everyone to do it. Get the shot. Get the shot. So what do you do if you don't have a single political option other than the establishment five parties who are, you know, exactly the same? Well, people coalesced under Maxime Bernier's People Party. Now, I don't think that they're going to punch through in any one riding, because that's the nature of our system. It's first past the post. It doesn't actually count for anything if you come in second in every riding in the country, but not first in any. You don't get a single seat. And I think the PPC is going to have a lot of second and a ton of third place finishes, but I just don't think it's going to punch through. I don't know what's going to happen in Beauce, Quebec. I know that Chelsea Hillier, the daughter of Randy Hillier, is running a strong campaign. I just am skeptical that she'll punch through. But it's a sign that people want a true alternative. Maxime Bernier was kept out of the debates. We were kept out of the debates, other than the fact that we sued to get him. So I think the us versus them, the divide in society is greater than ever, and all the politicians are egging it on. I saw some other quirks today. Here's an actual tweet from Elections Canada saying, you have to wear a mask when you go to vote, and actually the landlord of the building in which you vote can ban you if you don't wear a mask. Look at this tweet there. Gee, I wonder what party that discriminates against. Um, people are asking me, a lot of people say, Ezra, what, what's your prediction? Do you think it's going to be a majority, a minority, liberal minority, conservative minority? I think the answer is it pretty much doesn't matter. I think the two choices we're looking at are a, I think it's most likely going to be a liberal minority, if I had to guess. But how is that different than a liberal majority, given that on all the important matters, the parties are in lockstep, from vaccine passports to open borders migration, to the carbon tax, to phasing out the oil sands in Alberta, to 
like really, is there anything different other than Aaron O'Toole didn't dress up in blackface? Um, I should point that out. I don't know if you saw this. Here's a new blackface photo that I don't think anyone had seen before. Um, I saw this published in the Daily Mail of London, UK today. You might know that London, UK is not in Canada. Uh, earlier today I checked and so far not a mention of it on CBC or Global or other Canadian networks. The Star hadn't mentioned it. Isn't that odd? I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that Trudeau has paid hundreds of millions of dollars in payments to Canada's media, but they didn't pay the Daily Mail of the UK. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. My point is that on the key issues of our age, on the lockdown, on the vaccine passport, does it really matter if it's a liberal majority, a liberal minority, a Trudeau, a, a conservative minority? Does it really make a difference on these key issues, given that they're all in lockstep to begin with? I think Rebel News fought a great campaign, and by fought I mean fighting our way in, attempting to get in, and showing the censorship mentality of all the parties. I think that when the election is over, the issues that we've been talking about will become even more pressing. Not just the lockdowns and the vaccine passports, but remember, before Trudeau called the election, he was preparing a series of bills that would censor the internet. And he made it crystal clear in recent weeks that he thinks Rebel News is a source of disinformation. In fact, that was his answer to Tamara Ugolini on the first night of the debate. He said, we are dealers in misinformation. We're not. We've never been cited even by YouTube or Facebook for promoting some lie about the vaccine or the virus. In fact, Trudeau's campaign was called on the carpet by Twitter for manipulating a video. Just to refresh, remember, here's Tamara and the prime minister denouncing us. Listen to the prime minister's denunciation of us and think to yourself, if and when he brings in his censorship law, who do you think his first target's going to be? Take a look. Mr. Trudeau, the only reason that I'm allowed to ask you this question is because today the federal court ruled that the government doesn't have the right to determine who is or is not a journalist. This is the second election in a row that the court had to overturn your government. Do you still insist on being able to make that decision and why? First of all, questions around accreditation were handled by the press gallery and the consortium of uh, networks who have uh, strong perspectives on quality journalism and the important information that is shared with Canadians. Uh, the reality is organizations, organizations like yours uh, that continue to spread misinformation and disinformation on the science around vaccines, around how we're going to actually get through this pandemic and be there for each other and keep our kids safe is part of why we're seeing such um, unfortunate uh, anger and lack of understanding of basic science. And quite frankly, your I won't call it a media organization. Your group of individuals uh, need to take accountability for uh, some of the polarization that we're seeing in this country. And I think Canadians uh, are cluing into the fact that uh, there is a really important decision we take about the kind of country we want to see. And I salute all extraordinary hardworking journalists that put science and facts at the heart of what they do and ask me tough questions every day. Uh, but make sure that they are educating and informing Canadians from a broad range of perspectives, which is the last thing that you guys do.
You might think that the conservatives would oppose that, but let me play for you a video of uh, Alain Reyes, the conservative critic, Aaron O'Toole's critic for the heritage minister. Here he is in parliament a few months back saying he personally supports cracking down on YouTube channels that engage in fake news, which as we can see is rebel news. They hate rebel news over at the conservative party. Here's the conservative critic saying, yeah, we're all about censorship too. But on, on But we don't see it in the bill. There's nothing in this bill that allows for the regulation of social media or platforms like YouTube. And it's clear we, uh, we would have liked to have seen this in the bill. The minister even says we have to find a way of uh, uh, preventing hate speech, uh, conspiracy uh, theories and uh, fake news that's uh, shared. But right now in the bill, unfortunately, uh, we won't even be able to amend it in that aspect and because it's simply absent from the bill. So our battles will continue. In fact, I really think that it's about insiders and outsiders now. I don't think it's right wing, left wing in the way it was before. I, I think that the political class wants to wage war one region against the other. But I think it's about the people versus the state, about authoritarians versus people who believe in liberty. If I look at Rebel News as a microcosm of Canada, I see the people who in the past would have called themselves left wing, but who don't believe in having medical procedures forced on them, sort of pro-choice people are flocking to Rebel News because we're the only other side of the story. The reason Maxime Bernier is doing well is because he's the other side of the story. So our mission becomes even more important in the months ahead. I don't know, I think these are dark days and I think, don't think this election is actually gonna change things that much. But I wanna show you a flicker of hope and it's from Down Under. Let me show you a little teaser from our friend Avi Yamini and then I'm gonna show you a quick, a longer clip. Uh, here's Avi. I'm Yamini here for Rebel News in Melbourne, Australia. We're outside the CFMEU headquarters where thousands of members are gathering to protest the health tyranny here in Victoria. No police, barely a couple police is blocking the road. No police. I suspect they um, are a little bit concerned about taking on this lot. We're here all day to bring you the exclusive story to rebelnews.com.au. We'll tell you the other side of this story. Watch this space. That's Avi, who was outside an office, an office, the headquarters of a major trade union in Melbourne, Australia. And by trade union, I mean construction workers, guys who work hard outside construction sites. Um, their union boss, John Setka, I've never heard of the union before, the union boss, did a deal with the government saying, yeah, we will force our guys to take the vax. And so out front, of the labor union HQ, more than a thousand construction workers came to protest against their union boss agreeing to the jab. They stood outside for well over an hour and then finally John Setka and his number two came down wearing their mask and trying to talk into the bullhorn back and then they finally took the mask off again. That mask theater shows which side, it's really a flag to show what side you're on. Now I'm gonna play for you about 15 minutes. We're not having a guest today because at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we're having a live stream. We're gonna be on TV for about five hours. So instead of having a interview now that'll be stale dated because the election results are coming out, tune in on YouTube, 8 p.m. till 1 a.m. Eastern time. We'll have Sheila co-hosting and a ton of great guests. But let me leave you with this because there's a flicker of hope here. Let me show you 
15 minutes, and this was recorded by Real Rakshana. Maybe we'll put a link uh, to his website on this page because I want to give him credit for this video, but I want to show you 15 minutes. So outside, this, this yeah, 1,000 union members, and they had stacks of bottled water and Coke because they weren't going anywhere, and I mentioned that because they used those as projectiles later in the video. They're demanding their union boss be accountable to them. And remember, these are folks who haven't had any accountability in the media, in politics, in the legislatures, and finally they're there with their union boss who sold them out. Not on a wage matter or a safety matter, sold them out that they would all take the jab. And they'd, a thousand men said, we're not taking the jab. You'll listen to them saying, if there's any all-vaxxed construction site, They'll have a rogue picket, as in the unvaxxed construction workers will picket the all-vaxxed. Like, that's how hardcore these guys are. This is this beautiful scene where a guy talks about fighting communism and all the labor union members chant freedom, freedom. There's also some very colorful chants of how they describe their sellout boss. The whole thing ends when the sellout boss goes back in the building and the mob tries to go in. They sort of raid the union office. The funny thing is the boss of the union put out a press release saying, oh, those were neo-Nazi activists. Those weren't real union members. Yeah, you'll see in this 15-minute clip, every one of them was a union member, construction members who were sick of their boss selling out. And I found this inspirational and encouraging, and it just says if someone steps forward, maybe others will join. Let me leave you with 15 minutes of video from Real Rakshan in Australia outside the Trade Labor Union headquarters. I'm gonna say goodbye now. We'll see you on our live stream tonight. Enjoy 15 minutes from Real Rakshan. And until tomorrow, good night and keep fighting for freedom.
too high. If you let me talk, you can ask whatever questions you like. Please, can you let me talk first? Then you can ask any questions. We want to break the fucking double. If you let me talk, you can ask whatever questions you like. I'll answer any questions. Can I? Can I? And whether you agree with me or not, you can ask any questions you like. But please, everyone stay calm, all right? Okay? We're not the enemy. I don't know what you've heard. All I'm asking is for you to let me have a say. After that, can I finish? Can I finish talking? Will you just let me have a say? Hey, you have asked for me to come out. I've come out, right? Can you just please let me have a say? If you don't want me to talk, I'll go back inside. I prefer to be out here and answer any questions, all right? I have never, ever... Hey, I have never, ever said I support mandatory vaccination. Never, ever. you, 
members, no one else. If someone else has got an opinion that's not a CFU member, then you go to whatever organisation you, you belong to. Are you actually going to let me talk, or are you just going to just shout over the top of me? You're saying bullshit anyway! When the green pass comes in and you have to have a green pass to get on a job, when we picket those fucking jobs, and we will picket those jobs, when we picket those jobs, who's going to be the scabs? The CFMEU members who cross the picket line or us? Who is it? Number one, we are not scabs, all right? So I refer the element that we're scabs, all right? Hey, listen. Hey, hey, don't call me a scab. I've done jail for this union, all right? I've stood on picket lines. I've done everything, all right? So don't call me a scab, all right? working since April last year. The stuff that we have done to keep everyone working and keep our industry working. down to 25%. I did not mandate vaccinations, all right? I've never met the bloke, I don't even know him. So stop calling Dan my mate. I've never met the bloke. So we're on the
Yeah! 